thank you for listening in to our prayer cast from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries, the ministry that reaches out to the busy person, the millennials, the professionals of all fields, and to the underchurched, uh, often unreached people. We believe the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We also believe, just like Jesus did, and the disciples, Paul and the prophets of old, that our prayers should have impact every time. Jesus never prayed a prayer that failed, and he never sent out a command that didn't achieve its intended purpose. He prayed and commanded with words of impact. The Bible says that God's word never comes back to him void. If our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, then they will never come back void to us. Please thank you again for listening in. Uh, we would also appreciate if you recommend our app, Afri Christ, to your friends. This app can be downloaded from the Apple App Store and also the Google Play Store, and it reaches out to people like you. Thank you once again, and may God bless you as you're listening. Hi, everybody. Thank you for downloading our podcast once again. This is Sam Kawesa, your host today. And I have a very special topic. It's about ladies, four ladies specifically. Uh, three of those ladies are going to be in the Bible, two in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. But the fourth lady is your mother, your own mother, whoever you were. If you're listening to me now, you had a mother. Okay, because the Lord has shown me something about Jesus Christ and how he came to be. Very rarely do we even talk about other ladies other than Mary in the Bible pointing to Jesus Christ. And of course, she's going to be one of these ladies I'm going to be talking about. But I want you to relate your mother to these three women. Now, the other thing I want you to see or keep in mind as we go along, we're going to be following three Ps here on each and every one of these women and you're going to see how important it is for these three Ps in their lives in regards to Jesus Christ and, of course, in regards to you and I. The three Ps are P for protection. And this kind of protection I'm talking about like nurturing, okay? The nurturing kind of protection. The other P is prayer. And the last P is praise. And we're going to see this in the Bible and the topic for today or the title for our podcast is The Power Behind Women Who Speak to God. And you know, one of the things I've noticed that these women over time, including our mothers, is they all go to God and they say, Oh Lord, I pray. Oh Lord, I pray. And we're going to use this as the backdrop of our podcast. So once again, we're going to have three Ps. Protection for nurturing. Prayer and praise. And we're going to see it in these three women. The first one is Miriam in the Old Testament in the book of Exodus. Hannah in the in the book of First Samuel. Mary in all the Gospels in the New Testament. And then your mother. Okay, now I understand you may not have known your mother. You may not have seen your mother. You may not even have a relationship with your mother if she is alive. But I'm praying that by the end of this, if your mom is or is alive, that you will make an attempt to have a relationship with them so that you can live to the fullness of what God intended you to be in that relationship with your mother. Because if you're not, you're missing out something. Now, for those who may not have a mother living or who may have not known their mother, 
God is gracious because God can cover all those things just like the Bible says that you know um love covers a multitude of of sins or wrongs so the, you know the love of God has us covered with the grace of Jesus Christ we're going to start with uh, lady uh, Miriam now who was Miriam Miriam was in the uh, is found in the book of Exodus mostly and Miriam was the sister of Moses and the sister of Aaron but we get introduced to that sisterhood at different times in the Bible and there's a reason for it and the reason you will see it as we go along first they introduce Miriam as the sister of Moses but later on they refer to her as Miriam the sister of Aaron and there's a reason why the Bible does that okay so now let's let's get started here Miriam who is Miriam it starts with the story of Moses. Now, if you recall in the Bible, those who know the Bible, or if you don't know the Bible, the story goes like this. The Israelites were in Egypt, and they were slaves, and they were being worked by the Pharaoh. And he got tired of them because they were increasing in number. They were getting stronger and stronger. And so, you know what? He said, you know, it's, he told old, he passed a law or whatever, you know, an order for all midwives, that when the Hebrew me- women are having babies, if it's a boy, I want you to kill him. If it's a girl, you can let him live. But a boy, I want him killed. So in other words, he wanted to kill all the male children uh, of the Hebrew tribe. So now, let me read you from Exodus chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, and verse 6 through 8. I'm going to combine them. It goes like this. About this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister, this is important now, the baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what happened to him. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew boys, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Now look, here is the Pharaoh's daughter. She's going to take a bath in the river Nile. And then she sees this basket and there's a baby in it when she opens the top. And then she says, this must be one of the Hebrew uh, babies. Now look at the danger we have right here. This is the Pharaoh's daughter. The father had just passed an edict that all Hebrew boys have to be killed. And here is a boy. But she had compassion on this baby. And the sister was watching. That's very important, the word watching. Because it's really more spiritual than just the physical. Because this is Miriam, don't forget. What does a prophet do? A prophet is a seer. They see ahead. The Bible says she was watching. 
and looking to see what was happening to the baby. The Bible doesn't tell us how long she had been watching or how often she came watching for the baby, but she was watching. And when you take it spiritually, she was seeing ahead what this boy would be. She was a seer. Don't forget that our prophetess is a seer. They see ahead. So deep inside of her, she knew that there was something special about this child. The same way her parents said they saw that this was a special child. And they said, we are going to hide him from being destroyed. So now here we see Miriam as a protector. Remember the three Ps? protection or nurturing. So she goes to the Pharaoh's daughter and says, can I find you one of the Hebrew women? And instead of just any Hebrew woman, she brought the mother of Moses. What a coincidence. She brings the mother. She knew it, but the Pharaoh's daughter didn't know. She brings the mother. So the mother now protects and nurtures Moses to grow up into the man he came to be. Okay, so now here is Moses being taken care of in the Pharaoh's court by the mother of the child themselves. The princess thinks that it's another Hebrew woman, but it isn't. We know more than that. Now, one of the other things that I want you to really, really take note as we go through, now that you see part of the story of Miriam and you see where we're going, I want you to think of Isaiah 33 verse 22. This verse goes like this, that our God is our lawgiver, he's our judge, and he's our king. Three things, lawgiver, judge, and king. Isaiah 33, 22. So now here we have Moses being taken care of by his mother, fulfilling one of our three Ps, protection, being nurtured by his own mother, and be nourished to the Pharaoh or the Pharaoh's daughter, because now she takes him right into the palace. That's how God works. He will turn what the devil means for evil into good. Okay, So now here we have Miriam protecting her own brother in a way that the Pharaoh's daughter would not know. Now, who is Moses? Now we all know the story of Moses, that in the end, as he grew up in the uh, Pharaoh's courts, he became so powerful and he was taken just like the child of the Pharaoh, okay? But he had to run away because he saw an Egyptian beating up a Hebrew, so he was so angry, he went and killed him. Then, next time, he saw two Hebrews fighting, and he, he told them, hey, don't fight, your brothers. And then one of them says, hey, you want to kill me just like you killed that Egyptian? Then he realized that, you know what, they found me out. So he ran away from the protection he he had of the Pharaoh. So now instead he was out there in the wilderness. Okay, but in there, that's where the story of Moses begins because that's where God speaks to him and he tells him, I want you to redeem my people. So now here we have Miriam protecting Moses and in the process, she saw as a seer, as a prophetess, that this guy is going to be the redeemer the redeemer of my people. She may not have known exactly, but deep inside in the spiritual realm, she saw it. She was used by God because she was watching out, as the Bible says, she was watching and she saw what was happening to her brother and she got the princess to take care of him in, in the courts of the Pharaoh. Okay, 
Now, where does praise come in? Because this lady here, not only did she practice the protection part of her peace, she also practiced the uh, praise part of her, of her peace. And this is where it comes in. Now, we all know the story of Aaron and, 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 and Moses. They went to the Pharaoh and they say, let my people go. And the Pharaoh wouldn't let them. And, you know, they went back and forth, back and forth, until the Pharaoh finally, after all those um, disasters that happened to Egyptians, because of the refusal of the Pharaoh to let the children of Israel go, finally let him go. They couldn't take it anymore. So, as they were leaving Egypt, the Egyptians started to come after them. The Pharaoh changed his mind, and he said, no, 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 we can't let them go. We need them to work for us. We need these things to be done. They are our slaves. So he got his army and he started chasing after them. And when they got to the Red Sea, the Egyptians were drowned. And after drowning the whole Egyptian army, the Israelites started to rejoice. The first thing that happened was that Moses led the people of Israel into a song of rejoicing. Now, that song is found in uh, Exodus 15, verse 1 through 2. It says this, And then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord. I'll sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both the horse and the rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God, and I'll praise him. My Father's God and I will exalt him. So now here is Moses leading these people. He has helped redeem the people of Israel from the clutches of slavery in you know in the fair in Egypt. And now he is a redeemer. Now that's another word I want you to get. He is a redeemer. We are talking about Moses, but don't forget we came from Miriam as a protector. So Miriam, as a protector with one of our peas, has led to the uh, redemption of the Israelites through Moses from Egyptian slavery. And after this, Moses leads them into a song of praise, which makes sense. You know, they get redeemed, the, the enemy is destroyed, Moses the leader the one who has helped to redeem them, leads them into worship or a song of rejoicing, okay? But now I want you to see this. Where does Miriam come in as praise? Remember our three Ps and we're just really concentrating on uh, the ladies. Even though we have Moses in the picture now, but we are looking at these ladies and what they did using these three Ps that we are going to be talking about. Remember the three Ps again. Protection, which is nurturing, prayer, and praise. We haven't seen the P of prayer yet because as far as Miriam is concerned, and I'm not saying she wasn't a praying woman, we are looking at the protection or the nurturing, which was the protecting of uh, Moses. And then now we're going to look at the praise part because she fulfilled that part also. Now here we have seen that Moses was rejoicing in song with the whole congregation of Israel. But then the Bible says something uh, very important here in um, Exodus 15, chapter 20 and 21. After Moses and all the Israelites were rejoicing and singing, then there's a separation. This separation involves women. Now look what the Bible says. Remember, at the beginning, 
I want you to understand this now very clearly. In Exodus 2, 1 through 4, when she saw the baby, it says this, The baby's sister, who is Miriam, stood at a distance watching. Who is the baby? Moses. Who is the sister? Miriam. So we have the baby's sister, Miriam, standing at a distance and watching. This is between verse 1 and 8 of Exodus chapter 2. But now here we go to chapter 15. This is where uh, the redemption comes in. Moses, the redeemer, leads them into a song. They all sing, they all rejoice. That includes men and women. But I want you to see this. Now in Exodus 15, 20-21, it says this. Then Miriam, the prophet, and then it says, Aaron's sister. It's important. When Moses was in the water, it says the baby's sister. Nothing to mention about Aaron. Okay. Then when we come in chapter 15, 15 chapters later, it says, Then Miriam, the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine and led all the women as they played their tambourines and danced. And Miriam sang this song. Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both the horse and the rider into the sea. They are almost repeating the words that uh, Moses uh, said, but now it's the women who are singing. Now I want you to see where the seer comes in. Now, notice that when the men were singing, there's no mention of any musical instruments. It just says, and Moses led the men into this song. But now look at the women. God makes sure that he shows us that these women did something different than the men. And at this point, it says, Then, then Miriam the prophet. Now they're referring to her as the prophet, the prophetess, okay? And then they also say, Aaron's sister took a tambourine and led them, all the women, as they played their tambourines and danced. Why did the women have tambourines? Why is it there a mention of tambourines when the women started to dance? How come they didn't tell us of any musical instruments? Was it a cappella when Moses led them? We don't know. But there's a special reason why they are mentioning the women, especially Miriam. She had a tambourine. You know why? Because as they left Egypt... Look at this picture. You are living slavery. And if you recall, the Lord told them in the Bible not to carry too much, just to carry what they needed. How come the women carried tambourines? Of all things, you are leaving this place of capture and the thing you think of to carry is a tambourine? I wouldn't. I would look at that as something inconsequential. But because she is a seer, Remember, the Bible says that she was watching as Moses. She was a seer even then as Moses, as a baby, was put in a basket. She saw something special about this child. So even as they were leaving Egypt, she saw ahead victory. So she takes a tambourine, a musical instrument, knowing that she will be using it. Why would you take a tambourine when you are really escaping slavery? Because you expect to use it in the future. She was a seer. She was a prophetess. She knew that there's going to be victory in all of this. And so, as we are bringing about this lawgiver, Moses, the Redeemer. Remember, she, uh, Moses 
the redeemer also became the law giver why because in the book of exodus moses in fact we have the uh, uh, mosaic laws all these laws that god used to guide the children of israel they were through moses we know about the 10 commandments he was the law giver let's go back to our scripture isaiah 33:22 what does it say our god he is our law giver he is our law giver he is our law giver i'm repeating that so that it may get to you and you may understand that moses in the, this uh, instance of what we are saying he is the law giver moses the redeemer the one who helped to redeem the children of israel he is now the law giver now what has this got to do with miriam remember moses as a law giver we are seeing here the woman who played a part in the protection of moses one of the three p's protection one of our three p's praise she is a praiser she is a protector she is a prophet she saw all these things happening she saw the victory so that's our woman number one. our woman number two is hannah now in hannah we're going to see two things again this time we're going to see prayer and we're going to see praise how that fits into our story of Christ the king now don't forget we have ended miriam's story with the term law giver law giver through who moses why miriam because she was a protector one of our three p's she practiced protection she practiced praise and now we are seeing praise and protection through a woman coming and bringing us a law giver a law giver don't forget that because we're going to see that in Isaiah 33:22 our god is what our law giver and our judge now let's look at hana hana where do the three peas come from we know the story of hana hana was the mother of samuel but remember she could not have a baby she was barren she was crying unto god and we're going to read in first samuel uh verse 10 through 11 when uh, she was in the temple and she was crying unto god saying i want a son i want this and i want i want a child and she had her quote unquote co-wife the other wife of uh, her husband she had boys she had kids but not her So Hannah was crying unto God saying God I want to have a child and here it goes in uh, verse 10 through 11 of first uh, Samuel chapter 1 it goes like this Hannah was in deep anguish crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord and she made this vow O Lord of heaven's armies if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son then i'll give him back to you he will be yours for his entire life as a sign that he has been dedicated to the lord his hair will never be cut and she went on and on but look in this prayer she cried unto god the bible says that she was so deep in prayer that even eli who was the priest thought she was drunk because her lips were moving and so he thought she must be drunk and he said would you drink and come to the temple and then she said no my lord i'm not drunk but i'm pouring out my heart unto the lord now 
Then, as we know the story, she goes on to have a son. And she brings that son Samuel at the age of eight and dedicates him to the Lord like she promised. And she said, he will be yours for all his life. The Bible says he was a faithful prophet. Then Hannah prayed, my heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There's no one besides you. There's no rock like our our God. Stop acting so proud and holy. Don't speak with such arrogance, for the Lord is a God who knows what you have done. He will judge your actions. Those who were well fed are now starving. Those who were starving are now full. The childish woman now has seven children and the woman with many children wastes away why is she singing all this she's showing that you know she was in dire need for a son but get god gave her more children he gave her seven he gave us samuel and she dedicated samuel to the lord took samuel to the temple and said this is where we are going to be okay now the bible says this after, after you know, Samuel served the Lord very faithfully. But I want you to look at this with our P's, okay? Now, don't forget, we have three P's, protection, prayer, and praise. Now we are seeing this lady praying for a child and God answers. Uh, the other P is praise. She praises the Lord in song. And we see her rejoicing in this song that she says, I rejoice because you have rescued me. No one is Holy like the Lord, there's no one besides you. There's no rock like our God. That's what she was singing, praising the Lord for having received the son. Now, I want you to see this about Samuel. Who is this son? Now, again, I want to take you back to Isaiah 33, 22. What does it say? Our God, the lawgiver. He's our judge and he's our king. Lawgiver, our judge, and our king. Now, here we have Samuel, a judge. In fact, this is what the Bible says about his being a judge. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 15 through 16, Samuel continued as Israel's judge for the rest of his life. Each year he traveled around, setting up his court, first in Bethel, then in Gilgal, then in Mizpah. He judged the people of Israel at each of these places and it goes more and to talk more about his judgeship okay so now here we have Hannah who was a praying woman who had been barren and she cried unto God now she praises the Lord when she gets the son Samuel and she had promised the Lord that I'll dedicate him to you I'll give him to you and now God has prepared him as a judge. So now in Isaiah 33:22, we have seen our lawgiver being protected and or nurtured by a woman called Miriam who praises the Lord, okay, who praises the Lord in a song after Israel was redeemed away from the Egyptians. Moses led them all in song, but then Miriam separated the women with tambourine because she has seen the future and so with tambourines they were praising the lord okay so now we've had our lawgiver moses 
with the protection and the praise of a woman called Miriam, who is his sister. Then we move on to Hannah, who had no child. She was barren. And now we see she gets a man-child who she had prayed to the Lord for, who becomes a judge. Look at the coincidence here. We have two male children. One has become a lawgiver. The other has become a judge. Isaiah 33, 22 says that our God is a what? A lawgiver, Miriam, Moses, and our judge, Hannah, Samuel. So now we are constructing this, okay? One more to go. The other woman in our Bible story is Mary. We all know the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus. In fact, she also was a praising woman. Her praise is also called the Magnificat, has been banned in some countries. I was researching it and I found that the Magnificat had been banned in some countries in South America and in India. And I forget what the others are, but you can Google it and you're going to find that the Magnificat was banned in recent times, in our times. Now, one of the other things I want you to see as we get to the story of Mary and her praise, we're going to read about the Magnificat, which is in Luke chapter 1, verse 46 through 55, or the song of Mary, which is a song of praise. And like I've said, it's been banned in some countries. You're going to see why. Okay, and you're gonna see where we are coming up to Isaiah 33:22. We have seen the lawgiver with Miriam. She took the protection part and the praise part on our three Ps. Now we had Hannah with Samuel, a judge for Israel for a long time. And don't forget one other thing: God always wanted to give Israel judges so that He stays as their king. Now, here we see Mary. Let's first read in Luke chapter 1, verse 39 through 41. And the reason I want us to read that, now you're going to see the Holy Spirit coming into the picture because you cannot discuss the Father, Son, and without the Holy Spirit. And what does it say? This is Luke 1, 39 through 41. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So now we see the Holy Spirit in this picture. Don't forget that Elizabeth was the cousin of Mary, and she is going to have a son called John, John the Baptist. But now Mary, after she gets her own news that she's going to have a child by the Holy Spirit, she runs and runs to her cousin and stays there for a few, I believe a few weeks. And the Bible says that when she appeared at Elizabeth's home, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit by her presence because now she was pregnant with a child in herself of the Holy Spirit and his name would be Jesus, okay? So now here we go. 
And the magnificent part of it is this. It's not the whole one, but it says, Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of this lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. In my reading, I found that those last words there are what really incensed. I think it was in Argentina, one of those countries, the leaders to ban the Magnificat because it says his mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. And the reason is because people were using it, were singing it in the streets and the leaders didn't like it because where it says he's a, he has brought them down, they said these people are talking about us. So they looked at it as a revolutionary song. Here we see the Holy Spirit coming into the picture when Mary goes to see her cousin uh, Elizabeth who was pregnant with John. Okay, So now we see the Holy Spirit. So that means or that shows that the Holy Spirit has always been in the picture and will always be with the picture where Jesus is. Now here we see it happening in real life. And we see Mary praising the Lord in song. Don't forget our title is The Power Rather Behind Women Who Speak to God. These women spoke to God in their prayer and in their song. They call him mighty. They tell him that he's holy. They say he has done great things. He shows mercy from generation to generation. These are women of God who know how to sing unto God, who praise unto God, who pray unto God, and we can see that they are fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah 33, 22, which says that our God is our lawgiver, our judge, and our king. So now here we have Mary singing, and she's singing about our God, the one who, has, who is almighty, the one who brings down princes. He brings down kings because he is the king himself. Okay? So now we have seen all three. These three women, they are telling us about God in the scripture. They are telling us that Isaiah 33, 22 says, God is our lawgiver, he's our judge, and he's our king. Why? Because we know that in John um, 18, 36, it says this, and Jesus answered, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. For if it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not in this world. His kingdom, Mary is bringing the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. So you can see here, we have these three women. One shows us God embodied in Moses as the Redeemer and Lawgiver, Isaiah 33.22. Our God is our Lawgiver. And then we see Samuel, the judge, 
our God is our judge. And then we see Jesus, our Lord, King of Kings, whose kingdom is not here on earth. His kingdom is different. Our King, the King of Kings. Through three women, we have seen the three Ps, protection, nurturing, prayer, and praise, all of which produced us Isaiah 33:22. People who are the types of Christ, as it said, they are a type of Christ. They are not Christ, but they are a type, and a type leads to the real. And we see it all three in one. In Isaiah 33:22, lawgiver, judge, and king. In Miriam, we see the lawgiver Moses. Through Hannah, we see the judge Samuel. And through Mary, we see Jesus the man who is Christ the king. So we bring it all together. Isaiah 33:22 being fulfilled through three women who know how to talk to God. Now, where is your mother fitting in this? Aha, uh-huh. mother, mother. Everybody knows something about mother, their mother. And I want to be sensitive to those who did not see their mother, had no relationship with their mother, or something went sour. But I want to tell you that, you know what? The Bible says that the love of God covers a multitude of wrongs or sins. So whatever may have caused the separation between you and your mother, be it death, be it things in, 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 on earth, God is able to cover that up. Just enjoy this moment about motherhood. The fact that you were brought out because the Bible says that he knew us before we were formed in our mother's wombs. He knew you before you were formed in that mother's womb, whoever the mother was, because if you hear there was a mother, okay? So now our mothers are the ones who brought us our king, the lawgiver, the judge and king, prophesied in, in Isaiah 33 verse 22, that our God is our king and This king has told us that his kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. Jesus Christ we are talking about. And we have seen the Holy Spirit is in this as well. This is the Trinity, the work of the Trinity. So now I want you to understand that this three in one is real. And we have seen Jesus Christ here now, Christ the King. Through the prophecy, through praise and worship, through three women who know how to talk to God. Let me tell you something about mothers. Mothers know how to talk to God. I'll give you one little testimony about my mother. My mother just passed away not too long ago. But this is a woman who amazed people. This woman touched so many people that it amazed me. If you saw how many people came to her funeral, hundreds of people, And for five days after she died at her home, there was praise and worship every night. Choirs came from the church and they would stay from eight till midnight. And people were being fed. People around were saying she has fed just like Christ did. And it wasn't all planned, at least not by us. But God knew it. God knew it. Okay, so now at her funeral, nine mini buses filled with people went to her burial. And this is like 50 miles away from her home. They went 
they followed the procession. That's how big it was. And my mother was just a simple woman. A simple woman. She was not a politician, but there were politicians. She was not a princess in the way we know it, but there were people from the kingdom of Buganda to be represented. You know, she was not a preacher, but there were pastors of different denominations, including Muslims. Okay? Including Muslims. One thing I remember of her was prayer. She always wanted us to pray. She would tell us to pray in the morning before you wake up. To get out and play. She wanted us to pray. And she taught us one thing. It doesn't have to be a very long prayer, but just get in touch with God. Uh, she would come from choir practice at the church. And she would be singing this song. And then she say, hey, it's like I'm going to heaven. It's like I'm going to heaven. Guess what? When she was going to heaven, choirs were singing her into heaven. It was just amazing. And you know what? She prayed and she protected and she praised. She did all those, those three things. That's what mothers do. Many times it's quiet prayers. In fact, the graphic that we used on our podcast this time, if you look at that graphic, That's my mother. That picture was taken. That silly weight picture was taken by my sister. And this is like two years ago, some uh, before she passed. When I looked at that picture, I said, that's the one I'm going to use for my podcast. Just look at it. That's her. And see that the silly weight in the background is the cross of Jesus, a church with a cross of Jesus on the steeple. And so God has his ways. Praying mothers. Continue to pray for your children. Continue to talk to God about your children. Because that's how God is going to raise them up to be who they are. Just like these women prayed and praised and protected their children or nurtured their children into a judge, into a king, into a lawgiver to fulfill Isaiah 33, 22. Whatever the calling is on your child. Jeremiah 29, 11, one of my favorites says this, For I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for evil. God has a plan for that child. And guess what? It has to be nurtured through the mother, the one in whom God says, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. God knows you. God knows them. God knows you because you are in your mother's womb and he has a plan for you according to Jeremiah 29, 11. And guess what? It's because of these women who know how to talk to God. Thank God if you have a spouse who knows how to talk to God, who talks to God for you, for your family, or whatever it is. So in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for these women who talk to God. Father, some of them may not be mothers physically, but they were mothered. And they are going to mother something because even in these scriptures that we have seen, Lord, Miriam was just a sister to Moses. She didn't have to be a mother like Hannah and Mary. So God, you are showing us that these women out there, if they speak to you, they will produce leaders. They will help to redeem the world spiritually, even physically or politically. Because they stand up and praise the Lord. They stand up and pray unto God. They stand up 
and protect our children, protect our families through the prayers that they pray. I thank you, Lord, for the spirit that you have put in all women. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for them. We thank you for all of those who pray, all of those Hannahs out there, all of those Miriams out there, all of those Marys out there, the ones who are standing up for the freedom of the people from sin, to be redeemed from sin, to be redeemed from the different clutches of the enemy. Thank you, Father, for the praying women. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the time you gave me with my mother, the one who told us, don't cry for me, change your life. That's what she would tell me. The last words she spoke to me was, I'm praying for you, praying for me. Father, I thank you for the time you've given all of us with the praying women of the world. Many times they are not recognized into different positions or different things that they do, but we now lift them up. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Be glorified in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, those were our three Ps. Don't forget. Protection, which is nurturing in our situation. Prayer and praise. These were women who did all those things and fulfilled Isaiah 33, verse 22, giving us a lawgiver, a judge, and a king, who is Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus Christ is going to judge everybody. That's what the Bible says. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says this, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up what? His kingdom. His kingdom. He is king and judge. And guess what? our Redeemer. Amen. God bless you. Love you. This is Sam Kawesa signing off and wishing you the best. God bless you. Love you.